are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. I'm Evan Kowalski. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. That voice you heard there was WTSP Channel 10 Sports Director Evan Klosky back with us again after not being with us for a couple weeks. That was our bad, not Evan's bad. Uh, Ulysses is a world traveler, so trying to get our schedules synchronized would not have been easy, I don't think. Look at that haircut. That is A1. Oh, thank you. You were scaring me. I thought it was not A1. So no, thank you for A1. that. A1. A1. He's, he's, he's gunning for your job, Evan. That's what he's doing. <laughs> no it. way. I Too much it. pressure. Just need, just need a little high and tight fade, and then we're there. Yeah. yeah. No, nice. then I have to learn about hockey and football. And, I, you know, I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, what's better, Ulysses' hair or the news that Shane Boz is getting promoted or has been promoted, and uh, Ryan Yarbrough has been sent down to AAA. How about that news, right? Um, yeah. You know, I I give the Rays and Cash and Neander and everybody a part of that process credit for having the stones to do that because Yarbs is the sixth highest paid player on the Rays payroll on a team that doesn't have the largest budget here. So they're willing to say, we don't care about the money. We care about the wins, and, and we're just not willing to be stubborn about this. There is a, um, you know, last year I know that the, the hard hit rate was, was extremely low despite all the results, uh, even though he has a propensity to give up the taters. But this year it's just, you know, everybody has been stepping up in that rotation it really has been unbelievable to watch. And we, we'll get into the hitting, but the pitching has been so much fun to watch, especially the starting pitching, the emergence of Jeffrey Springs throughout the season. We're going to see Shane Boz. Hopefully, Louis Patino doesn't go the JT Chagua route and is able to progress nicely as he begins his rehab uh, down in the minors. And you're starting to see the pitching staff get stronger, which – you know, I don't know. It's hard for them to be stronger than what they're already doing. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for the move. Yarbs has not been good for a long while now. Yeah. Yucky Yarbs. I mean, it's been Yucky going Yarbs. back since last year. Now, do you think – yeah, okay, we're, we're all going to be cheering for Shane Boss, and he has the spotlight right now. But what are the expectations for Shane Boss? I mean, are we thinking he's just going to slot right in as the – you know, there is no number two. There is no number one. Like it's. It I think Shane McClanahan. Shane is McClanahan the one. is the one. Okay, yeah, he's number, but I'm saying like, there's not like a Kevin number and I one. Were as in, on that one. Well, I'm saying like number one in the fact that like, you know, the schedule. It only really matters opening day. Like after that, Correct. the schedule yeah. just keeps on going. So there is no number one or number five, right? But I'm saying like, yeah. where does he where does he stick in talent wise in that rotation? What is his expectations? Is, are we expecting him? to be better than what Drew Rasmussen has been? Well, I, I would, I would th- not that, I mean, I love Drew and he's been great, but 
expectations wise of what we should see out there, like, yeah, uh, I mean, he should be this team's number two as long as he's healthy and doing what he's supposed to do there, there on the mound. That am I wrong in that cap? Is that no, I, I agree with you. I don't know if his numbers will look as good by the end of the year as Drew's look right now. And I think if we're just looking at pure talent and pure stuff, Shane Boz has the edge. Now, maybe he doesn't become the true number two until next year, or the year after that, but I would slot him, you know, somewhere between Rasmussen and Kluber probably. And look, I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a big, big improvement from Ryan Yarbrough, which gets me to my next point is Ryan Yarbrough done with the race. Is, is this it? $3.5 million he's going to be making in the minor leagues or prorated. Like he, he can't come back to the race next year. Like what this might, I don't want to say a career ender. It's not a career ender. No way. Oh, no, I don't know. It's not you, a career ender. People need pitching. Like any, anybody right now would take Ryan Yarbrough. That's under 500. The Tigers would need a, a Ryan Yarbrough. You know, the yeah. Cincinnati Reds could need a, 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 a Ryan Yarbrough. I, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done with the race. Like, again, injuries happen so much, and boy, do they happen with the race in their yeah. pitching. They have so many injuries. So I don't think it's the end of Ryan Yarbrough. But I will say, I, I, I'm with Evan here. It was surprising for the, for the race to just, you know, completely overlook the dollar signs. Yeah. And say no, we're going to need the the wins. But I want to go back to something you guys are saying with Shane Boss's expectations. I I don't and and I said this earlier in uh, preseason with Wander. We we're talking about like, oh, is he going to be a seven war player? I was like, if he's a five war player, I would be ecstatic because with young players, the expectations just get thrown so high that when they're over here, and by the way, if you don't know what over here is, just join us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Nice plug. Thank you. Uh, then I think you, you, your expectations for, for guys like Shane Boss and Wonder Frog, you, you have to taper them down. I would be happy ecstatic if by the end of the year, Shane Boss's numbers look like what Drew Rasmussen's are right now. I think that would be a terrific, terrific uh, starting point for his career. I think the expectations are way higher, and that's what I'm afraid of. I well, mean, what are Drew Rasmussen's numbers right now? Doesn't he have a sub-3 ERA? I think he's 320, maybe? I mean, that's he's at 302 right now. Like that's, Oh, there you go. That's almost – That's pretty I would good. would be ecstatic. That's what I'm saying. I would be ecstatic yeah. to see that at the end of the year with him. 302, yeah, I, that would be fantastic. I, I mean, that would be – I think people should be ecstatic if that was his one of his best seasons ever. Like if he's averaging that ERA, like we, I, I don't think he's going to come up and be as good as Shane McClanahan now that Shane McClanahan's really taken off. But that's what I'm saying. I think the fandom expects Shane Boss to be better than yeah. a 302 ERA, and that's what I'm trying to say. But how Let's taper it down? But how many yeah. guys are as good as a 302 ERA? That's near ace level stuff. So we got to tell or the fandom, one. do not expect a 302 ERA. Even though the guy has the talent to do so in a couple of years, yeah. I think we should taper that down. How, how many starts does Boz have anyway? Like what we're talking about, like four or five? Yeah, I, mean, I think four if, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, four if you count the playoffs. Four if you count the playoffs, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Including that disaster. So, yeah. you know, I mean, 
three of the four were pretty good. I, and I would expect that we probably would find a similar formula there. This guy is going to have um, you know, amazing games where we're like, oh, this is the potential. He's going to have games where he gets blown out. And we're like, oh, boy, yeah. what's going on? And then somewhere in the middle, he's going to be probably fighting three or four earned runs, two, three, four earned runs in the middle there. And uh, that's, that's probably where he's going to live. This year is still a learning year for him. And I would just advise the fan base to um, not get so high and not get so low. Yeah. Now, maybe Boz surprises me and just completely torches everybody. And if Hope so. <laughs> you know, and, and if he comes out of the gates and he's struggling, I'm personally not going to worry about it. You know, but um, you, you have to just give him his reps. Everybody is enamored with Shane McClanahan right now. You know, Shane McClanahan didn't just come up and do this, right? Last yeah. year, there were highs and there were lows, and a lot of times he barely even got to six innings. So, yeah. you know, the, he's he's earned this trust from Cash and the organization where they are heavily against pitchers yeah. going deep into ball games. You know, Blake Snell couldn't even do it in a playoff game. So, you know, McClanahan has earned that respect, and that's because he's been pitching like a Cy Young caliber guy. Yeah, McClanahan's track is you can't expect that from anybody, really. The fact that, and, and who knows what the second half's going to bring for Shane McClanahan, yeah. too. Yeah, right. I think, I mean, just ballparking it, if you get what 80 innings from Shane Boz this year, regular season in a 370 RA, I think you take that, right? Yeah, yeah. that's well, that's, that's fine by me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe he needs a built bar too to, to get him over the hump. Who home. doesn't? Who doesn't? That's right, Evan. Who doesn't need a built bar? And you know what about built bar? They are healthy and delicious. And guess what? They're super delicious right now because they have chewy, chocolatey, brownie tasting built bars. Okay. What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? That's so good. And it also has 17 grams of protein people. Okay. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus the macros are unreal. They're like what Shane Boz's career stats will look like 130 calories, 17 grams protein, only four grams sugar. I personally would replace a regular brownie with built's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. So today, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. So again, today, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off at built.com. Who will have a higher career war, Shane McClanahan or Shane Boss? Oh, man. Anahan's 25 and Boz is 23, 22 or 23. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Oh. That's a good one. I'll go with McClanahan. I just because he's more, I don't know, he's more of a known. But I think that, that Boz is a a better potential. Like I like I think if if you give me like Boz at his peak and yeah. McClanahan at his peak, I think Shane would be better. Uh, I did not even realize that until right now. I think Boz would be, uh, would probably be better in a best v best scenario. I'll, I I agree with that ladder. I think the peak will be better for Boz than McClanahan. Now we can't use Shane, Boz and McClanahan, but I will take Boz overall. I think because of one thing, the delivery, I think 
the delivery is so smooth with Boz. It's not like it's it's not smooth yeah. with McClanahan, but it just looks like, like just a tiny bit more jerky from the left side uh, from McClanahan than it does with Boss. Boss just looks like he's just playing yeah. catch with a five-year-old and it goes at 98. So I, I would take Boss. Yeah. How about you, Kevin? Ironically, Shane Boss has been the one that's been hurt all season. Yeah. So sure. that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Look, you asked me six months ago, I would have said Shane Boss, but how quickly McClanahan's jumped up and elevated his game and refined his repertoire and truly looks like ace potential. I'm going to go with Shane McClanahan as of today, but it's one of those good problems to have of saying, Hey, which one of these potentially great starters is going to be better at the end of the day. So (laughs) there's a lot of teams that uh, would love to have that problem for sure. Um, Changing gears here a little bit. uh, Evan want to get into uh, the news cycle a little bit. Uh, and there is a raised tie-in here. Uh, Joe Madden recently got fired by the Los Angeles Angels. And just days before that, Joe Girardi had gotten fired by the Philadelphia Phillies. So, And those two teams were playing each other. So it's kind of a, a funny situation there. Um, what do you make of teams like this making a change this early in the season, about a third of the way through. Um, now, these are organizations that have a lot of high-priced players, have a lot of money on the books, have a lot of high expectations, trying to make the playoffs. Um, where do you stand on what happened here with two guys already being ousted? Uh, first and foremost, I want to just get this point out there because I forgot to mention it before. But don't be surprised, as the Yarbs is his career over with the Rays, don't be surprised if the Rays package tiny little prospect with that Yarv's money to somebody to then make a deadline deal work out fiscally. So just keep question. Yeah. Going off of that, does Yarbrough pitch another inning with the Rays? Yes. I just, I'm going to go with the probabilities on that one. If yeah, that right. happens or whatever, they'll bring him up. Yes. And, Cause he's definitely going to get, uh, I think precedent coming back up after he's okay. he starts. Follow up question. Does he get yeah. a start with the Rays? Does he get another start with the race? All right. Does that count? Like if they put an opener ahead of him? Not, not an opener, a traditional start. Um, good question. I'll go. No, I'll say no. I think they need to start. I think the opener is going to be a staple for him. Yeah. Look, Jeffrey Springs is emerging. You're going to have Luis Patino back. Shane Boz, Johnny Chirinos, maybe in a month or two. If he ever pitches again, I'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know. guy. Um, but yeah, as far as, as managerial changes, um, it's a little tough, you know, with Girardi, I kind of get it a little bit more uh, just because of his history. And he seems to bash heads with seemingly higher ups. I would say, mm-hmm. I don't know about as much as players having said that, I think, Philadelphia's problems have to do more with the roster construction, which we all knew going into it. Right. I mean, it didn't take, uh, you know, a guy staring at a computer for eight hours looking at baseball stats to understand that throwing money at players who can't play defense is a bad idea. Look at the teams who do well right now. 
They uh-huh. all play great defense, right? The Rays don't have the world's biggest payroll, and this year has been wonky for them. You know, somehow they're still they have the record that they have, despite mm-hmm. I think everyone watching this team wondering how. But the staple of them, and you know, you look at the Giants from like, like defense is a core component. The Mets tried to do the bad defense thing a couple of years ago and it blew up in their face. What do they do this year? They got some smart people in the front office now. Uh, they have relied heavily on defense and, and fixing the outfield. So why do we see Kiermaier and Brent Phillips out there? Because they stick in a lineup? Because they play great defense. So yeah. that, you know, that I, to me seems like getting ahead of a situation where the GM's ass is on the line. Um, I'm a little bit surprised with Madden because I feel like his history has proved to be very successful. And he's been through every situation in the book. Mm-hmm. Teams are down. Teams are up. I just – I've. I think that is a little bit reactive to be so appreciative of a, of a, of a guy in a team during a heater, which came a month ago, uh, nearly a month ago, to get this team to where they were, to then backpedal completely after, you know, I understand a, a double-digit losing streak and falling out, being in that market is a terrible thing. But I, I thought that Joe Madden has earned the reputation of I can wiggle us out of this and we can figure it out. So I don't know if there's anything deeper there, but I, I was a little bit perplexed on the Madden side of things. I agree. Talking to people in baseball, they say the good thing about a manager is not that the way that he writes the lineup, like that's already been, that's, that's old timey. That doesn't happen anymore. It's the way that you manage the clubhouse. Yeah. Is everybody in the clubhouse having a good time? Are we having fun? Are we, is, is the even keelness of the manager going to transpire some sort of, you know, good feeling around and, and, and vibes around the clubhouse. Now, Unless something was off in Philadelphia, unless something was off in Anaheim and Matt, both Joes were not really doing something to change that negativity, then I think it's fine. But other than that, I think it's just scapegoating to kind of give the fans something like, hey, we're doing something. Hey, 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 we're, 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 we know we're losing 12 straight or, hey, we know that we have the fifth highest payroll and we're not meeting expectations. So we're doing something, fandom. Please, you know, stay with us. That's what it sounds like. And because I don't it's not Joe Madden's fault they went 0-12. It really isn't. I mean, how many games? What, what's your rotation? What is their rotation? Thank you. I mean, you, you can't... I get it. Reed Detmers had a no-hitter against the Rays, and that's like right. the only good game he's ever pitched. It just, you know, up to this point. It, there, there, are, uh, there are holes in that line. Uh, there are holes in that roster, which were always there, which is why this team hasn't been in the playoffs since 2014. And, you know, they don't magically disappear. And it's not like... The, it's not even like, uh, let's say, the Tigers. I think the Tigers are disappointing. You know, you want to... You wanna, talk about someone like A.J. Hinch, like what's going on yeah. there. We threw a bunch of money at this team. Now, granted, Austin Meadows got hurt, but we threw a bunch of money at this team. Javi Baez has never looked worse. We're, I mean, a li- we're worse than the Pirates. Um, so, yeah, you know, there are th- that's sort of those scenarios where it's like, well, you know, I don't get it. We, we, we actually invested in this team over the offseason. 
you know, what's changed? I, what I'm trying to think of what major investments the Angels made over the offseason that weren't their current investments that they made. They Syndergaard, they 22? got Syndergaard, and then every one of their draft picks was a was a pitcher. That's also <laughs> what it was. Look, I'm I'm with you, Evan. I think that if anybody's head should be swirling, it would be both front offices. Well, yeah, but. The, I mean, the, I, I feel like the Tigers have been a bigger disappointment in baseball, and the White Red Sox. Sox have been a Red Sox have been a, and a yeah, them too. Like Angels, we probably thought coming in, yeah, they're going to be around five hundred, and even with twelve losses in a row, they're still like right. They're, they're still second in their division at the end of the day. It's June eighth. It's, it's a marathon. Baseball season is a marathon, and I, I yeah. right. Anybody doing fantasy baseball out there? You know, I've been hanging on to Javi Baez on my roster. It is so painful, <laughs> but I know, I know a heater is going to come and it's going to be like 10 homers in a month. So yeah. you, just, you know, like you, you have to be really patient and it is so hard not to be reactionary, but the angels were playing above their capabilities for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And now it's an extreme in the other way. They're not this bad either. It's just, you know, you look back, unfortunately, the Rays caught the Angels when they were playing at their best. But, yeah, I mean, you know. As question, question. Does Joe Madden and or Joe Girardi get another managerial opportunity? I don't know about Girardi. I I still think there's a place for Joe Madden in this game. Yeah. Um, I, it's just, I don't know. It's really hard to argue his resume. Girardi's is a little bit more checkered. Because it's, it's a lot of personalities. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, you know, and again, for him to be a manager, he needs to feel like he's in control of what's happening. So that means the analytical team needs to take a little bit of a back seat. They can provide input, but at least from everything we've heard and read, you know, he wants to be making certain decisions and going off gut. And, and I don't know if there's a place for those type of managers anymore. There's only a, like a handful of, of owners or GMs who want that type of old school mentality. And, you know, you mentioned the White Sox being one of them, a Tony La Russa. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of just have a, a little thing. Isn't Joe Madden from Pennsylvania? Correct. Yeah. Hazleton, I think. And won't the Philadelphia Phillies be looking for a manager next year? Possibly. Well, <laughs> is it time to get another Joe up yeah, there? Yeah, Maybe. Although this Thompson guy, I, I guess everybody loves him. Who yeah, knows? maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's great when you have some walk-off winners to, uh, you know, when you got a player like Bryce Harper there that can hit a grand slam in the eighth inning down three. Hey, if, yeah. if the Mariners make the playoffs, then the Phillies are on the clock for, you know, teams with longest playoff droughts. I don't, I don't know if they're next in line, but it's been 11 years since they made the playoffs, I think. The Phillies, right? The Phillies. It's what crazy. about the Pirates? Oh, yeah, no, they went to the wild card game in 2013. Yeah, uh, I know it's crazy yeah. to think about, but they did have a great run there with McCutcheon. <laughs> One other thing before we uh, end this episode, and we'll have Evan on Friday's episode as well. Um, this was uh, a local story, and um, Ulysses, I full disclosure, I thought this was going to get through, this was going to get passed, and that the Rays would have a uh, spring training facility, a complex. You gave me a County. 90% sureness, man. I you thought I gave you mind. like 95%. You gave me more. Look, yeah. You gave me 99. I didn't want to put you on there, but now that you're putting yeah. yourself on the spotlight, yes, you give me 99%. You did. I'm somewhat 
in the know there, and it uh, blindsided a lot of people. I'll just really? put it like that. Yeah, it blindsided a lot of people when uh, Governor DeSantis vetoed that $35 million project, which, again, wouldn't just be for a spring training complex for the Rays or a pro team, but also a youth facility, basically, for baseball and softball. Evan, what is your take on this project getting vetoed, and does this change the dynamic of the Rays' future in the Tampa Bay area, Ybor City, and so on? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I don't really know. Like, I thought that whole thing was really important during the Montreal Rays marriage plan because you have them in the area for spring training into the season, then they would flee. Without that, I I really didn't know, assuming that the Rays can stay in town full-time, you know, do you really need your spring training facility in town along with your new stadium if you get it? I think, you know, my if I wanted to be deeply skeptical um, as I'm just trying to think about how this would go about, the one thing is the state not providing funds for the Rays to build a new stadium and it could provide a runway for the Rays organization to have an out to say, well, you know, we need we need help somewhere and the city's not going to give it to us and the state's not going to give it to us. So we're going to head over to this state who's going to give us X amount of dollars to build a new stadium. And um, I'm a little bit interested as to why the Rays, who, as you mentioned, were blindsided and people in that project, uh, if this was so important to them and it was, you know, Amid the rumors of the gun violence tweets, which yeah, yeah. I, I think that's being a little bit, um, a little bit of a headline that I don't yeah, think. I think that even before that, that wasn't it. it I don't want yeah, it, I, that's political. It might have been the icing on the cake, but yeah, I, mean, I just think it was a good pot shot to take as a as a yeah. politician. I don't think it really played a role, but since it just happened, it felt like an yeah. easy spot to kind of score some points. All politicians do that, by the way, so that's not calling out yeah, yeah, yeah. for anybody. Um, just it's – I'm interested as to why the Rays aren't pissed off publicly. If this was such a blindside, if this was such a thing we had in the bag, if this was something that was great for the community, where are they talking with – stations and outlets and getting out into the media and being like, what are you doing? You're taking away, you know, these facilities from kids and all this stuff. And, and yeah. I, asked, I asked them for a comment. They declined. Uh, they've been not really, really. They, they had no comment on the matter. So, um, Bam. that's why I just wonder why I'm just, it just, something doesn't add up there. So it was either not that important to them. Mm-hmm. Or, as I said, the deeply skeptical part of me, which had th- there's no information behind this. I'm just I'm just trying to be a contrarian, just yeah, trying yeah. to see all sides and not and look behind dark corners. The other element is is this was a wonderful layup to lead into. We're not getting enough help. Not getting enough help, and don't look at us. We have tried. We yeah. have tried to stay here. So that's yeah. that is sort of the exit ramp that I'm wondering is coming down to shoot in the future. So um, that's my So this this makes you 
more pessimistic about the Rays' future in Tampa Bay? I don't necessarily know either because I still think if the city of Tampa Bay can find the funding through infrastructure projects into other roundabout ways to get money from the state that's not directly correlated to the stadium, right? You know, you can bring in, you can extend the, the, the rail system, you can, you know, highway developments that get in. You can do some things to flub yeah. numbers to bring in state income that is going to be of help to your, you know, your local constituents, then they can get it. And I think that's what Jane Castro is doing right now is trying to figure out ways to bring in money that's not going to take from the local taxpayers because it seems very obvious that the city of Tampa isn't willing to take away from the people living there. The city of St. Pete isn't willing to take money away from from their residents either so you know that's the whole stalemate of this all and and so um i i don't know if it's made me more pessimistic i think i've been a fairly big realist in all of this it is going to take corporate sponsorships and people to step up to the plate and throw money at this project to get them to do it because you know if it comes down to it between the rays and the buccaneers needing a new stadium because i know the bucks they don't want that money going to the Rays because they're going to want something new and shiny. So, you know, and they host Super Bowls, by the way. So, you know, they it's complicated. And maybe they're maybe they're asking for the moon and back. Like we want a Pasco spring training. We want an Ebor. We want everything to see. OK, if we start up here again, if you don't know what up here means, go to YouTube. Check us out. Subscribe to the channel. Um, <laughs> if they're asking up here, then if we get this much less we still are in a good position could that be it just like asking for everything and yeah. let's see how uh, you take off my my optimistic element right i gave you the i gave you the, the dark corners let me give you the light um the light would maybe be hey we don't need this let's pocket this let's let take it off the budget we don't right. care about it anymore let's see if we can make that 35 million dollars a part of a bigger, bigger project which is is kind of a uh small drop in the ocean anyway, but it might be something where it's like, you know, let's circle back on this and it's not of high enough importance of what we're doing behind the scenes and how we're going to build this stuff out. Um, So, you know, again, $35 million might be nothing in the grand scheme of things, but maybe the $35 million is a part of a bigger scheme of things that we don't know about. So that's, trying to be an optimist on it as well. So I, I don't know if they're over asking. I, again, it just, you know, there's there's an element that would say if you had the spring training project, that that would be a, a, a signal that the team's leaving. Hey, we're staying here for spring training, but we're going to go elsewhere during right. the season. So right. there's a million different ways where I can spin it. But um, we just don't know until we hear from yeah. um, both sides of, of the bridge of how these talks are going. And ultimately, you know, the Rays giving us that transparency to understand what is going on and how realistic it is for them to, to stay in the area and should fans be prepared for them to leave. Yeah. And I mean, the project can always get uh, sponsored and put back uh, into the budget next year. But if DeSantis is true to his word and he says he's not going to support you know, financing pro sports teams, then it would continue to get nixed. And look, I, I like the idea of having the spring training site in Pasco and the new stadium in Ebor, Tampa Bay area, but you also have a pretty nice facility in Port Charlotte too. So it's really nice. It's like what, 
Yeah, it's kind of out of the way, but it's. I think it's a it's a fine facility. It's a so fine it's facility. not like you yeah. you move to Ebor. Does that really change things all that much? It doesn't matter. Most teams, right? Like their families, they got to travel down to Arizona or Florida anyway. They could not be any further away from their spring training facilities. So the yeah. fact that right now we're away, who gives a crap, right? Exactly. You, and, know, and, you don't you don't need them here unless you were trying that's why I, I felt like that was just way more important when yeah. you were trying to bridge the gra- the bridge the gap from Tampa to Montreal to convince your you know the people here in Tampa hey like we get, we're adding more we're bringing the rays closer to you during you know another month of action that you wouldn't have had them you don't have to travel out to Port Charlotte yeah. or bring them to you so you're going to get the rays in March April May June before they go so uh, that's that's why I was like eh. I yeah, don't know. Port Charlotte's probably or Charlotte County's doing cartwheels because like yeah. we already lost a minor league team. Like now we're relegated to you know Florida Coast League games, and yeah. you know now we might lose a our spring training home. You know, so, so we'll we'll see what happens. It's uh, an interesting story nonetheless, though. So, uh, all right, uh, thank you for making the Lockdown Race podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast that is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Friday.